another interview in our spot kick inside the 18 series presented by touchline thoughts and powered by the garage door sports network we would like to welcome julia hajar julia is a former ottawa fury and loyola university maryland athletic soccer player currently julia is pursuing a doctoral degree in population health at university of ottawa where she's investigating the impact of exposure to endocrine disruptors during pregnancy on selected gestational outcomes well, wow, that's a mouthful. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Talk some soccer. <laughs> Talk some soccer. Talk some academia, yeah. potentially. We'll see how yeah, all that definitely. works out. So um, yeah, I think this is our first academic soccer player that we've had on our on our interview series or even on the show. So it's oh, perfect. welcome. We appreciate thank it. Um, so why don't we get right into it? This is a question Paige knows I ask everyone that hops onto the show, um, why soccer? And, and when did you start playing soccer? That's a good question. So taking it way back, um, when I was really young, I had a lot of energy and my parents just couldn't keep me still. I was always running around and chasing things and jumping on things. So they tried to put me into sports to see if I could kind of get my energy out that way. Uh, so the first sport that I tried was gymnastics. I did a bit of ballet, but I needed something a bit faster. I needed to run. So they put me in gymnastics and I loved it. I loved the tumbling, the jumping. Um, but then I found soccer um, through one of my friends who started playing and we kind of just started playing together for fun in our backyard. And then she joined uh, just like a local summer league and I wanted to try too. So we played together and I just fell in love with the sport right away. And um, from then on, I kind of had to start choosing between soccer and gymnastics. And because I loved it so much, I went the soccer route and um, didn't look back after that. So I started playing when I was about seven my first um local league yeah so it's a little bit later than a lot of kids start usually ah. start around four or something like that but I was into other sports until I was yeah seven so that's when I started playing well that's I think it's important for kids to play multiple sports so I don't, oh, yeah. think, it, I don't think you got in soccer too late that's <laughs> no. <laughs> no but usually when I tell people when it was that I started they're always a little bit surprised that it kind of was a little bit later but that's right. okay I got yeah. into other things before that. Yeah. yeah. Was there ever an ambition to play professionally? Yeah, actually, always. I always wanted to play professionally um, from the beginning. My biggest dream was to play on the Canadian national team. So as soon as I started at seven, I kind of had all of these idols um, like Mia Hamm was one of them. Rianne Wilkinson, I loved on the Canadian team. I thought they're all so good and super inspiring. So it kind of was a goal that I had for a while to play on the national team. And then from there, hopefully move on to some type of a professional league. That was always my aspiration, but life had other plans for me, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, so definitely that was always um, kind of the goal at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. kind of interesting that you said like the goal was to play nationally and then professionally. I think it's kind of cool in Canada or maybe not. It's, it's not a great thing that we don't actually have a pro league. So I most, know. <laughs> most young girls, their goal is, oh, if I play on the national team and then I can go play pro, whereas in other countries, it's I want to play pro and then hopefully make it to the national team. So I think it's mm -hmm. very interesting that you said it that way. That's a great point. Yeah, especially when I was growing up, that was always kind of like 
the goal for a lot of the girls I played with was everyone was always, we want to do the national team stuff first. And then from there you bounce off and you kind of get more exposure and you get exposure to more coaches. And then you can maybe get a better chance to play professionally somewhere else. But yeah, I guess I didn't even notice I had said it that way, but that's how I always thought the order of things would go for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So as you were going through the stages of being seven, um, then I think it was the Ottawa Fury after, or was there something before the Ottawa so, Fury? Yeah, so before that, um, I played on local teams for a few years just to kind of get used to the game. I played on Nepean City, uh, the Nepean City Storm. And when I was 13, I moved over to Ottawa South United, which is um, kind of like a development club in Ottawa. It was really good for me. I really learned a lot of skills there, how to play the game. I learned a lot of my technical skills um, from probably my favorite coach when I was really young, when I just kind of started learning the basics. And he was from Haiti and they play a lot of really technical soccer. So I learned a lot of foot skills from him, a lot of different moves. And I kind of used that um, as I carried myself through the different programs I went through. But having those skills at the beginning kind of helped me because when I got to OSU, Ottawa South United, this was kind of like a higher level um, team in Ottawa where it wasn't really communities anymore it was all of Ottawa playing together so the best players from the whole region kind of formed one team and then we would play all of these different teams in Toronto so like Oakville all of those big teams so we got to be yeah pretty good Oakville was always our rival actually <laughs> yeah that's why I, that's, I grew up playing for Oakville so. yeah I know I read that that's funny they were always yeah amazing so we definitely learned I learned a lot of um, kind of like formations and the overview of the game playing through OSU. So it was a lot of travel when I was on those teams. We would go to Toronto almost every other weekend and play, um, played in a lot of tournaments. And the teams in Toronto, I always found are a lot more physical. So we learned how to become stronger when you're playing. And I kind of learned those kind of skills using um, uh, with OSU. So that was helpful. And then when I was, um, I think 15, I moved over to the Ottawa Fury because that's when I started really wanting to play, hopefully hoping to get a scholarship and playing in the NCAA um, for university. So I kind of had to make those decisions early on to make sure I was getting seen and trained properly. Um, so I moved over at 15 and played there for um, the rest of my high school years. And that was probably the most pivotal part of my soccer training because um, I was on a team that did really, really well. We had a really good coach and um, he coached us all the way to the finals of the Super Y League, which is the league we played in in the States on the Fury. So the whole point of those teams on the Fury are development for youth. And then they kind of feed you into these um, American leagues. So we would travel to the States all the time for a few years to play in those leagues there and play in showcase tournaments. And you would have just scouts lined up on the sides of the field to watch you play, take notes, send them to the head coaches in whatever team they're representing. And a lot of people on our team got scholarships that way because we did these showcase tournaments and did well and then we kind of got scouted so that's how I kind of got my chance to play in the states mm -hmm. um and yeah it was a lot of time commitment it was a high level soccer really competitive and um lots of training lots of fitness and it's like a full-time full-time thing and mm -hmm. we were gone a lot from school I remember We'd, we'd leave on Thursdays or Friday mornings regularly and be gone the whole weekend and come back Monday or Tuesday and be tired. And then you have to go back to school and kind of catch up. So I kind of learned how to manage my time 
from a younger age because it was just such a huge time commitment, but I loved it. I didn't really mind it. Uh, but looking back now, it was quite a lot to handle that when you're kind of a younger athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would go to Florida was always where they held those um, final tournaments, like the, the Super Y League finals. And we made it there two years in a row. So the first year, uh, it was so much fun. It was in Cocoa, Cocoa Beach. And um, yeah, it was amazing. We always looked forward to it. And that was kind of like the motivation to do well in your respective league that summer, because you can make it to Florida for a vacation in in November and play in the championships. So uh, I think we played Cape Cod in our final game and we unfortunately lost, I think, by one goal. So we kind of we did our thing, but uh, it was kind of disappointing to not to not win. But yeah, so from that, um, a lot of players just went on to play uh, in the NCAA or in local um, universities in Ontario. A lot of them went to Queens or Ottawa U. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was kind of like the the story of getting to uh, my university team. Mm-hmm. The, um, playing in Ottawa, do you think that helped you get to university? Because I grew up playing in the GTA, so you play a lot of like GTA clubs. You don't necessarily yeah. like go play in the U.S. Do you think mm-hmm. that helped kind of get you on the road to scholarship and stuff? I think so, because that was really the only way we got seen. I don't remember ever having tournaments in Toronto or in Ottawa or anywhere in Canada where college coaches would come and watch you. Um, so that was our, I think that was the only way I would have gotten seen because they wouldn't know really know about us otherwise. Um, but from that was my experience anyways, growing up in Ottawa. Um, I think we kind of had to go to those showcases rather than have people come to us. So for me, that was, yeah, that was for sure. The deciding um, factor was playing in that league in the States. Mm -hmm. I don't know about your experience, Paige, playing in Toronto, um, how you got scouted or what your story. A lot of emails, a lot of videos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we would do showcase tournaments, but um, yeah, because our league, we just play GTA teams like we just yeah, play right. games. we would do the one trip to Ottawa sometimes and that was it so mm-hmm. yeah I think we we had less maybe less exposure because back then now I think they have more showcase tournaments in Canada yeah. but mm-hmm. back then we definitely had to go find the coaches and find mm-hmm. the universities and stuff yeah so. Yeah, it's different. That's interesting. I know a lot of people too in the older teams um, who maybe didn't make it to those showcases. Sometimes they would do the same thing. They would cold email and create yeah. these video highlight reels of them playing and send it to these coaches, yeah. which works yeah, too. Yeah, I remember that, like watching other people, um, their videos and giving them feedback and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's another way you can do it. I just think going the way I did was easy. And I guess I kind of didn't realize that not everybody kind of gets that opportunity to to go to those showcases but if I hadn't had that I would have definitely been cold calling and emailing and taking care of my my videos hi my name is Paige I play soccer (laughs) from your school (laughs) I know because there's a lot of talent in Canada lots of amazing soccer players in Mm -hmm. Toronto and Ottawa and it's kind of sometimes you fall through the cracks if um, you don't have the same opportunities that those um, players in the States do, and you're probably even better sometimes. So it's good Mm -hmm. to make sure you get out there. Definitely. I would very much agree with that. Yeah. Did you also get an opportunity to get scouted by Canadian universities? Um, I know the hockey programs do it, but I'm not like, I'm just wondering about the soccer programs. Um, Yeah. So I was actually 
in talks to join um, the U Ottawa team. So it was easier to obviously for local coaches to kind of know the talent coming in from the Fury and kind of surrounding teams in the area, um, either through word of mouth or because they knew the head coaches on our teams um, or uh, they were able to watch us because they knew kind of what the top teams were in the city and then they could just go and watch our games, um, which happens sometimes too. So I think local coaches, like the head coaches at Carleton and Auto U, definitely had their eyes on um, specific players and kind of knew the talent um, in the area and approached players um, about potentially playing for their teams too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, so was um, the scholarships different than, sorry, Paige, were the scholarships different in terms of Canadian university offers and American offers? Like I'm guessing full ride, no ride sort of thing. Uh, I think so. I don't remember the exact difference between them or the details, but I know that um, going to the States, it was like a significantly larger amount of money and a lot more perks. I mm -hmm. think for some of the um, local scholarships, it was maybe just like covering partial tuition um, or sometimes not tuition at all. It was just the opportunity to play on the team. So there's a lot less money um, through the Canadian teams versus the American ones. Okay. Um, so what was it like moving um, to the U.S. to play NCAA? It was really um, intimidating at first. I was excited but nervous. Um, but I actually had um, an unfortunate injury right before I was supposed to leave, which kind of changed like the course of the rest of my soccer career. Um, so it was the last uh, game I played in Ottawa before I was supposed to head down for my first preseason. Um, and I ended up tearing my ACL and my meniscus um, the last few minutes of the game. Um, and no. basically, yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. And it was like the most uh, devastating thing ever because it was just, I had never really been injured before. I had never like not played a game, never. I've had maybe some ankle stuff, but that was pretty minor. I could always play through it. Um, but with this, it was really like, it's a hard recovery. That's like probably the worst injury you could have playing soccer. Um, and I wasn't even sure I could go that season because obviously I would be injured for the rest of the year. Um, but they wanted me to fly down anyways and watch the preseason, which I did. And then I flew home early that year um, to get the surgery. So right before school started in September. And then I was at home recovering for about two weeks. And then I flew down um, to actually start school and moved to the States, basically injured on crutches. Like I couldn't even walk. So it was kind of a terrible start to what was supposed to be like a really exciting time that I had worked so many years to accomplish it. Um, so by the time I got there, it was, you know, during the season and I couldn't travel with the team because I was injured. So what they actually made us do is because you're there on scholarship and you're injured, um, you have, you're like responsible to do your rehab every single day as part of your job, basically. So I didn't miss a day. You have to go in every single day and work with the team's trainer and their physiotherapist. And that actually is, I think, what helped me recover, um, to the best of my ability because I know a lot of girls that um, tore their ACLs and didn't recover like they didn't do the rehab and the physio consistently so they've always had chronic knee problems and flare-ups and sometimes they have to go back and get another surgery but for mine I have to say like now it feels like I didn't even have anything done to it because I had such an amazing team that helped me recover it um, so we did kind of like these stretches and 
balance exercises for months and months and I was getting so frustrated because I couldn't even swim I couldn't do anything and all I wanted was to just practice and play and um, it had been a while at that point since I had played because it had been months and months since I could even jog Um, so by the time I ended up starting to run again it was the spring of that year so eight months later Um, and then that summer I stayed in Baltimore, um, so that I could do extra conditioning and get ready for the preseason because they're notoriously extremely difficult and very mentally and physically taxing. So I stayed that summer and, uh, I trained the whole summer there and tried to get back in shape. Um, and then preseason rolled around and then I participated in the preseason and the rest of the season, but it wasn't the same. Like I didn't feel the same as a player coming back after that. And some people just don't like you never fully recover mentally maybe, or you're kind of subconsciously afraid. And that's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I find with these preseasons too, you have to be on top of your game. Like you have to be the best you've ever played um, to get looked at and to get a starting spot so for me unfortunately I never got a starting spot just because I wasn't really back to my full self playing um so that was kind of a hard uh thing to get used to because I had never really not played before um so with my team at that point with my knee and everything I kind of became a sub and that wasn't something I was ever used to and it wasn't what I was anticipating playing as Um, So that was kind of mentally difficult, but I tried to make the best of it and I got as fit as I could at least and did the best that I could. But um, I think once you go back and you recover from an injury like that, it's really hard to come back from it for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You you lose your rhythm, like the the, the the mind, like it's just, I know it's injury, you're back to full stamina, but you're unable to to hack it again a little bit. Yeah. I just found like my hamstring was never the same because the surgery I had used part of the hamstring. So just like the speed I had before wasn't there and the Mm -hmm. technique wasn't there. I just felt a little bit off or like a little Mm -hmm. bit too slow. Mm -hmm. So for some people, they're lucky they get it back. But for me, I don't think I ever really recovered um, Mm -hmm. to what I was before. But I mean, I made the best of it. And uh, I kind of, that's when I started really focusing on school and figuring out what I wanted to do next, because that's kind of when my soccer career ended after my university <clears throat> time there. So then I kind of moved on to um, my academic kind of career. Right. Yeah. So you, you went back to Canada for the surgery. You didn't stay in the U.S. to do the surgery, correct? No, I did it in Canada, um, in Ottawa, actually. And it was a um, orthopedic surgeon that does a lot of athletes, like professional athletes. Um, So I had a really, really good surgeon here and I wanted to stay here and do it. And also to recover because I didn't really have anyone in the States at the time. Um, So yeah, Um, yeah. And it's a hard recovery. So it's kind of nice to be, you know, at home and you can have people taking care of you and stuff. Um, But yeah, I didn't get to stay for too long after it. I had to go pretty much right back start start classes so it was kind of a big jump from being in Ottawa my whole life to moving somewhere else somewhere somewhere totally new and Mm -hmm. getting a new team and having to make new friends and you can't you still can't really do much on your own um so yeah it was a big adjustment but definitely made me tougher I would say (laughs) oh yeah oh I can imagine going through all that would definitely toughen you up (laughs) yeah Yeah, basically untouchable now. (laughs) Try me. (laughs) Get at me, life. Um, Did you have to transition to play a different position because you noticed you were a little bit slower or uh, some skills weren't back there on your leg? Um, I played 
so I've always played striker. I was always a forward, um, but I tended to play a lot more on the wings on the outside. So I played left mid a lot of the time more than just like the top striker. So that kind of became my new position left mid, even though it's a lot of running, it's not an easy position either. Mm-hmm. Um, found that I was able to serve the ball a little bit better rather than being the one to turn around and right. um, take it in the net just because I was a little bit um, slower than usual. So yeah, I transitioned to outside midfield. Yeah, but I like that position. I always kind of, um, when we were playing in Ottawa, I would sometimes switch with the outside mid and she would become the striker. I'd become the outside mid and it kind of confuses the defense too. So I always enjoyed that position. Cool. So you said like, I think one of the barriers you talked about was your knee. Were there any other barriers you faced like in terms of like moving to the U.S. or playing or anything like that um playing well it was a different level like it was all of the girls were really fast and it was a different kind of team like the team in Ottawa um our coach kind of coached us to be really cohesive and everybody had a role and you weren't really competing with each other you're trying to make it kind of like a better outcome for everybody but I find that the dynamic on a lot of the teams in the NCAA, my team especially, um, was that every position competed with each other. So a lot of the teammates weren't really there to help each other. It was more like, right. I want you and I'm going to beat you in this game today or like in our practice. And in every practice we had, we had people recording like how many headers you had, how many times the ball got away from you, how many times you passed it to the wrong person. So that um, like the coach actually had stats on everybody, every single practice so that she could I guess, pick her starting lineup and, you know, prove that this person should start and this person. So my team was pretty cutthroat in that way, I think. And uh, I don't think it was like the best environment for people to kind of be good teammates and genuinely want to do well. I think it was really competitive, like within the actual team. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found that was an adjustment for sure. And you never feel totally at ease in your position because someone's always trying to take it from you, always trying to get the starting spot over you. Um, A lot of uh, competition in the team, which I found very different than um, the teams I had been on before. Yeah. And uh, I think it actually was detrimental. People kind of think it's, oh, it's good. It's a competitive environment, but I don't think that's very helpful for people to do well. I don't know if your experience on your team page, but that was definitely my team. <laughs> I mean, any, I've been on teams now at the pro level like that. And it's, it's awful. It's it yeah. creates such a toxic environment and there's no room yeah. for growth. It's you're more worried about not making errors and things like that. So I That's, agree with you. I think it's good. Yeah. And it's a college team. Like it's not a professional team that we were on. Mm-hmm. So it did. I don't think like, you don't, you're not ever going to learn that way. So no, Exactly. So I don't think people did anything on the team to make a mistake. Like exactly like you said, people just play it safe and not try anything. So I don't think people really achieved their full potential playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I would say that was the biggest barrier for sure was the actual environment on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like soccer uh, school wise, it was great. Like I made a lot of friends and we had really good program. Like the school was really good academically. So I kind of took advantage of that and focused on school um, mostly. But then like the, the actual time commitment to play is a lot 
um, in college, like, you know, so it'd be like a four hour day every day, you know, one hour to get ready to actually practice a two hour practice. And then by the time you shower and eat and get to your class, it's like half the morning gone. So that was definitely an adjustment too, because the classes were so much more difficult and it's like a bigger course load and you really have to figure out how to balance your time. Right. And I ended up before, um, from high school, but it's so much harder um, when you get to college. It's just like I had labs and classes and um, lots of like a big workload. So yeah, it was hard for a few years, but you learn to adjust and mm. kind of pick priorities. Yeah. Is there any advice you'd give to young girls that are trying to get involved in soccer, particularly, you know, in Ottawa or in Canada, um, you know, tell them, hey, watch out for this if you go to the U.S. or watch out for this if you play in Canada. Anything you can say? That's a good question or good point. Um, so I think if you love soccer and love the game, you should try and play as much as you can, like get involved early in summer camps. I did a lot of soccer summer camps when I was growing up in the city and they were really fun. You made, made a lot of friends and just get to learn new skills. So I would do those. I would also try and play on some local teams to start, just play on like a normal lo- local club team, whatever region you're in, Orleans or Ottawa. Ottawa South or whatever it is um, because you'll make a lot of friends on those teams too that's the other thing it's not just about soccer it's making friends and kind of uh, being in a team environment which is really nice Um, so playing your local clubs and then it'll just naturally progress from there because if you're good and you enjoy it then you might transition into um, a bigger team more of like a citywide team Um, But I would definitely recommend looking into um, Ottawa South United if you're um, a younger player, like between the ages of eight and 12 or 13, that's a great team. And then if you're really into um, scholarships and you want to play in the States, try and focus on getting onto a team that um, does showcase tournaments and travels to the States to play and just make sure you're getting exposed that way too. Um, so yeah, those would be my biggest pieces of advice. Just get involved early and play a lot. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so we talked about at the top of the show that you're pursuing your PhD and that you've kind of switched more into academia now. Do you mm-hmm. think soccer is going to pop up back in your life or are you kind of close that chapter? No, no, I love it. I, um, kind of had to step away from it a bit once I was injured and just took a break and did my master's after I moved back to Canada. Um, but the urge to play was always kind of there in the background and I wanted to get back into it um, just more for fun. So mm-hmm. I played for a few winters in just like the local um, footy sevens leagues, which were a lot of fun. Um, and then this summer, I actually started playing again um, in the footy sevens outdoor at Carlton. And it's been so much fun. Like I get to play with a few of my friends and cousins. And so it's fun to go back to kind of square one and just play for fun. Um, which is like what ignited that whole journey. Um, so I'm enjoying it again. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's just different though to be such a athlete and then go back to playing, you know, just for fun once a week. It's just like so opposite to what I was used to. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it'll always be there. I'm sure I'll coach a team at some point too. And um, yeah, I, I love soccer. It was like the best... Uh, best sport ever and I'm really glad that I pursued it um as much as I did and it kind of ended up in a different way than I had anticipated but it's okay it kind of other things and um helped me 
learn a lot about myself and then ended up ended me up on this path that I'm on now so it's uh yeah so it's a good experience um final question as our time ticks down here um what's next for you what are we going to expect obviously hopefully the pop health degree by the end of this but anything else we should look forward to julia yeah, so um, I have a website and blog that I developed, actually, it all kind of stemmed from my injury, um, because once I got injured, I was super out of shape, and I just didn't feel good, so it took me a while to kind of figure out how to get myself back in shape and feeling good and fit again, so um, I tried to use all of the lessons and things that it took me a long time to learn like how to eat properly is one thing we didn't really talk about but I wish that um, I had learned that when I was playing um, when I was younger because um, just knowing what to eat and how much to have and all that kind of stuff is super important and it really affects kind of like how you are as an athlete and how you perform um, so I learned all about those things later in my soccer career um, so just passing those kind of pieces of wisdom on to people to help them live healthier lives and feel fit and healthy and good about themselves too is kind of what I do on the side now um, through a spoonful of science so I kind of went more plant-based um, later in my life, but it's something I wish I had kind of tried um, when I was playing soccer. I just feel a lot more light and energized eating this kind of new way. Um, so yeah, so I try and share recipes and fitness tips and lifestyle tips through that blog. So if it helps one other person, then it'll be worth it. So yeah, so you can expect more of content like that Maybe I'll have some ebooks of recipes or something coming out soon. Um, yeah, so I'm more focused now on health and wellness and fitness will always be a part of what I do too. Um, so yeah, so I hope my story and kind of experiences helps someone else. Sure, I think it's so hard to transition from being like an elite level athlete to now a normal nine to five or something like that. So <laughs> if you can get, you know, advice from someone who's done it such as yourself that is incredibly helpful for sure yeah definitely and I think if you can get to that level where you get on a national team get to play professionally that's like the ultimate goal for so many people which is amazing um but I my advice too would be just it's not always a guarantee that you're going to make it like that so make sure that you have a backup plan um right. that would be my biggest advice because um, so I mean, many things can yeah. happen aren't expected you could get injured and things can happen so it's good to have just that knowledge in the back of your mind that mm -hmm. there are other things to do if if it doesn't work out and it doesn't mean that you failed or um you're not good enough or something like that so yeah. that's important too yeah and also being able to understand that sometimes if you know your professional career doesn't end up happening there's so many other things that you can open yourself up to and open the world up to I mean now you're yeah. talking about your injury, you're talking about lifestyle, you're growing in academia, right? So, I mean, there's so many things anyone can do if they put that focus on it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but it's definitely hard as an athlete. Like I've had this conversation a lot with a lot of people, but you can sometimes kind of lose who you are, like mm -hmm. lose your identity if all of a sudden aren't an athlete anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing that a lot of athletes have struggled with once they've graduated or stopped playing. So it's always good to have something in the background, like a hobby or something you're interested in doing maybe afterwards, mm -hmm. um, just as like a cushion in case things don't work out. Of course.
yeah get, get ready for the tornadoes that come your way you know <laughs> like get <Yeah>. ready <laughs> um but course definitely teaches you a lot of important life skills I really think that and it helps you be a stronger person build character be disciplined and motivated so I think I learned a lot of life skills through soccer yeah it would be great yeah yeah uh, well, that does it for our interview today. A big thank you to Julia for coming on. Uh, before we wrap up, do you have any questions for myself or for, pa uh, for Paige before the end of our episode? No, no questions, but thank you guys so much for doing what you do and for um, spreading the word about soccer and highlighting um, people in the sport. I think it's, uh, it's great to um, have these talks and I think people will learn a lot from your podcast. That's the goal. We do this as a hobby, yeah. but to teach a lesson yeah. in the end. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what it is. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, both of you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks. Have a great day. Yeah, yeah, you Thanks. can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, we can just give out your socials quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so you can follow Julia on Instagram at a spoonful of science and her website at a spoonful of science.net. And then um, you can check us out at touchline th um, on Twitter and Instagram. And then my Twitter is at page underscore Culver and Irfan is at Irfan Mandy. All right, folks, we'll see you next match day. Cheers. <laughs>